Welcome to AASHTO Resource Q&A. We're taking time to discuss construction materials, testing, and inspection with people in the know. From exploring testing problems and solutions to laboratory best practices and quality management, we're covering topics important to you. Hi, welcome to AASHTO Resource Q&A. I'm Kim Swanson, and we have another From the Cutting Room Floor episode from a recent proficiency sample program insights episode and we were talking about the hot mix gyratory samples and we started a discussion that didn't quite make it into the episode but thought we would share here in this clip you're going to hear myself brian johnson john molusky and ryan laquay and let's go back to john for a minute with this sample, do you anticipate any changes in the future for the hot mix gyratory samples? At this moment, we're not 100% sure if we're going to make any changes. We are doing some investigative work on a performance mixture design sample. Uh, we're possibly going to try to do some launching here in 2024. We need to see how things work. But once again, only laboratories who are accredited for T324 will be required to participate. Uh, and this is, comes at the recommendation of AASHTO Resources Oversight Group, which basically directs us, the state DOTs, they're telling us what to do. So we're looking to add this program due to their recommendations and, and the requirements. We're going to see how things work out, but if that program develops well, we get good participation, the data looks reasonable, we are going to consider to move in more of a direction of the balanced mixed design approach and adding some of those performance tests into the samples and sample schemes and new programs. So we'll see how things shake out in the next couple of years. But if it's all good, hopefully we have some performance mixed tests involved here. Yeah, what do you think about that, Ryan? I mean, it's uh, you know the new hot topic right now. Um, seems to be every other discussion in the industry is about this. Uh, so hopefully we can get out not necessarily ahead of the curve, but at least along with the curve rather than playing catch up. We'll uh, do our research and our due diligence here uh, over this next year and see what we can come up with. I think the industry is kind of trying to figure out which way they're going to go with some of those tests, right? If you look mm -hmm. at the list of potential tests for balanced mix design, it seems like there's quite a few options out there mm -hmm. that people are sorting out. And I received a question yesterday from somebody about equipment availability for performing certain ones. So I don't know that we're there for all of them. We're definitely ready for the most common ones, which are the rut testing, although there's, in my opinion, too many options out there right now, uh, which could lead to variable result and conclusions being drawn. Uh, so I don't think from a determination of success perspective, that is going to be great, but maybe it'll show us that there are multiple ways to get to the same conclusion. I don't know at this point. Right. And also that if we develop this and we start seeing all these different methodologies or equipment or interpretations, we're then going to have that data that we can present to the industry. And then maybe that'll help make some more sweeping decisions or sweeping agreement to where everyone gets on the same page. Yeah. And I know it's difficult when we, you know, sometimes people wonder why, why don't we just offer this test or that test? John, do you want to explain why we can't just offer any test in our proficiency sample program? It can be extremely challenging for us to, one, acquire material and to prepare the samples the way that we need to prepare them. You know, this discussion about going into some of these balanced mixed design tests, you know, as all of you are aware who are listening and participate in the gyratory round, you receive raw material. You receive aggregate and a can of asphalt. 
we don't have the capability here to prepare uh, mix in advance. Now, I'm sure some of you are thinking, well, you do that for ignition and solvent samples. Like, yeah, we do, but those are such smaller batches and it takes almost 45 days working days to prepare the samples for those specimens. And we have to, you know, manage space and time with CCRL since we share the same building. So a lot of this branching out into these new samples where we would send a pre-mixed specimen, it's really not viable from a production standpoint on our end. So when we look at this Hamburg wheel track program, performance mix program, we will probably end up using plant mix. Actually, I, I want to say probably, I said we, we will end up using plant mix. It's just too much for us to try to manage in our building. So that's, that's why it's going to take us a little bit of time to develop. We need to figure out the best possible way to do this. Uh, Ryan and I have met with industry experts probably almost a half a dozen times now you know, hour, two hour calls to try to discuss some of this information and figure out the most viable approach. Yeah. And I know we also have issues with number of participants, right? I mean, if you only have five laboratories that are running it, you don't have a reasonable statistical analysis anyway, even though you will read research papers where conclusions will be drawn on that many samples, which is troublesome. You really do need more data to figure out if you've actually got something there, right? Yeah, absolutely. The low-hanging fruit for us would be the Hamburg wheel track. We have around 150 ASHO accredited laboratories. So that's going to be the first one that we pick off. Then I think if I remember, Ryan, you can fact check me on this. I believe it is indirect tensile strength. Yep, that's our number two. And that's, I believe, somewhere around 60 laboratories that are accredited. Right so, there, yeah. Yeah, so those would be the first two that we decide. If we're going to move in that direction, they're going to be the first two that we, we handle and tackle. What's your threshold for number of participants before you even start thinking about adding a proficiency sample requirement? The breakdown point for our data analysis is 17 participants. So... Anywhere under 17, the uncertainty of our average and standard deviation get too large to navigate around our ISO 17043 requirement. So once we break below that threshold, we will suppress the line items immediately just because of the uncertainty values. So that's a good callback to our last discussion about the beam samples. So we had those three there where we came underneath our threshold and had to suppress those. So in that instance, when we were talking about the Veeam samples, you decided that you will most likely remove that line item because there's not enough participation in it. How do people let you know, or do you just go based off of the accreditation, the labs accredited for the sample of like to know when there will potentially be enough people to make the sample worth? statistically worth your while. I'm going to let Ryan talk a little bit here. Uh, he can kind of explain the approach because we've been looking at a winter highway maintenance program as well. So Brian and Salt Solutions for maintenance in winter. And uh, he's kind of going through the process there so he can hmm. tackle that. Yeah, so it depends on how the sample starts. If it's something we're trying to do or if the industry is trying to, in which case, if it's the industry, they're approaching us, say, hey, here's what we want. By industry, I mean DOTs, federal highways, private companies, the whole spectrum there. Like, okay, great. Like, is this just you? Do you have other people on board? And like, well, we have this organization. All of us want this as well. So then we reach out to that organization. Here's what we're thinking. Is this lined up with what you guys want? And then more importantly, out of this organization, who always actually wants to participate? And then we get certain names and emails, contact information, uh, and basically put them down on a list of, you're more or less signed up unofficially for when this starts off. So... 
we do that, then we also reach out to our other contacts. So, you know, we're looking into the different states. We're looking at the ASHTO Committee on Maintenance, reached out to the international organizations as well, and just put all those fillers out there and see what we get, collect them back. And, you know, at that point, if the numbers are looking good, we're good to go. So I think that does it for the gyratory discussion. We got we learned some things today. We learned that John has a favorite uh, proficiency sample program. Uh, we learned about statistical analysis a little bit, and we learned about where the future of our hot mix samples are going. So that's hopefully good information for our listeners. And if you have any other questions, feel free to reach out to us anytime. And uh, I guess if you have a proficiency sample question, PSP at ashtoresource.org. Thanks for listening to Ashto Resource Q&A. If you'd like to be a guest or just submit a question, send us an email at podcast at ashtoresource.org or call Brian at 240-436-4820. For other news and related content, check out Ashto Resource's social media accounts or go to ashtoresource.org.